The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? Kels Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Happy Victory Friday, you guys. Um, the three-year streak of losses at Thanksgiving is over. I watched the Jonas Brothers and a win, and I love to see it. I was going to say I'm fully surprised that um, I didn't get a Aaron Murray. It's so nice of the NFL to have a Cowboys game at the Jonas Brothers tweet. Uh, like, I was really fully expecting that. Like, was Aaron... I tweeted it for her, if that's if that works for you. <laughs> it does work for me, because I just feel like yesterday was a moment in time for Aaron Murray. It was. She was being all embarrassed, though, because I was like, I'm standing up for this. Like, and no one else in our section was, but I was like, I don't care. We're at a concert. We're at a dance. This thing sounds really loudly. This is gonna be great. <laughs> so I made her do it with me. So, um, well, I do want to dive into the X's and O's of the game, and we will definitely do that because I know a lot of you are interested in that, um, and it's exciting to break down. But I do really quickly have to get the uh, the thoughts on the halftime. Were they great? Was it everything you expected and more? I personally um, was thumbs up from my TV screen, and then also. I did like that they finally changed the um, stage. I feel like they've kept that same stage for a while now. And so I was happy to see a different setup. Yeah, I mean, I I loved it because the Jonas Brothers are fun. And if you don't like them, like, I'm sorry for you. Um, <laughs> but they played only songs from their newest album. So, I mean, obviously it was only like X amount of time. But, you know, sometimes you just want to hear like burning up for you. but. I loved it. I love that new album anyways. And they have another one coming out, I think, next year. So it was great. Um, The sound is always kind of funky in the stadium. But, you know, I still had a great time. I still sang all the words. It was just wonderful. I love it. Bravo. It was just the cherry on top to a... Honestly, though, if you want to be real, actually, I think we can credit the Jonas Brothers for the second half adjustments that were made it was like the re-energizing that this team needed because I don't know about you Meg I could fully forget about the first half and I was like are you can't be serious like are we about to just 
have enough of these. Like, are we doing this again, guys? That was what no, I was. Yeah. It was scary. It was for me, the Jonas Brothers were like a palate cleanser from that first half. I was like, oh, <clears throat> I'm getting triggered again. We've gone to the like Thanksgiving games for a while. So I was like, I just feel it happening. And I was like, I don't want it. Like, I can't watch this. But then I w- went in with a better attitude to the second half. And so did the Cowboys. So that was right. nice. It was it was perfect. I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, it was this. I I think our friend Aisha Morrison tweeted this with you. It's like this team is like a third quarter team. <laughs> and, you know, this has been something that as an organization for a couple of years, we as fans and, and people that cover the team have griped about with the lack of halftime adjustments. And I think that we've seen this team is proven to be able to do that and do that well at this point. And, you know, that's really what makes, you know, I'm not going to sit there and defend the first half because at the end of the day, like two interceptions and just some sloppy overall performances where you're like, these mistakes shouldn't happen. It's self-inflicted wounds. I mean, my goodness, we could talk about penalties yet again um, all day. But it, I, if I'm if I'm going to, you know, take some silver linings from the lack of production in the first half, it's again that they can make those second half adjustment adjustments, and then also just knowing that you have the tools in your toolbox to do something great. Like, I feel like we've had Cowboys teams for several years now where you look at them on paper and you're like, yeah, every reason in the world to be successful, but yet they can't make it happen. And, you know, it's like trying to use a Phillips in a flathead type of situation where they just couldn't make it work. And it's like, you're so close, but it feels like while they may fumble around with the tools for the first couple of tries, they finally pick up the right one and are able to make it happen. And it's like when they're firing all cylinders, like this team has something special. Yeah, I think everyone, or I saw a lot of people describe the first half as sleepwalking. And like, also I saw a lot of, they're playing with their food, which it's kind of one of those things where it's like, they're playing down to them in a way. Like they're very, they're very capable of playing the way that they played in the second half the entire game. Right. Um, But yeah, I felt like that was an apt description of what we were watching. And I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, it could just be as simple as they just played a game on Sunday and they're a little tired. And it just t- took, a minute, took them a minute to warm up. But um, it, it's almost like you worry is that indicative of something a little deeper, um, especially after like such a massive win against the Vikings. But hey. They got it together. Might've taken them a minute, but I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, I, if I'm, if I'm looking at some of the people that I want to give stars to in this game, let's just go ahead and start with Dak Prescott. You know, he continuously, he, he gets, it's true Cowboys quarterback fashion where you take a ton of flack, but then you also are at the center of attention when things go well. So, you know, to be able to after halftime have, touchdowns on three straight possessions. And, you know, it, I just feel like converting in five of six third downs and in, in, it's just, it's those types of performances are what we need from our bajillion dollar quarterback. Our franchise quarterback needs to be able to step in and make plays like that. He you know needs to be able to lead this team despite the fact that they're down. Like those are the types of performances and recoveries that guys who are a paid like that 
and be treated like that in a franchise fashion should be able to do. And he stepped up to the plate and made it happen. So, you know, for me, big kudos to Dak on what could have easily gone the other direction and quite frankly has in recent weeks. Yeah. Um, a la Packers. And, you know, it, I know he works with, you know, like a sports psychologist. I look at a lot of like the mental toughness that having to deal with back to back to back games where they're working on a short stint. I look at, you know, with some of these tough losses that they should have had and then coming back and then, you know, also having like a pretty magnificent win and now, you know, coming and having a, 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 a division rival, which you can always throw the scorebooks out the window when it comes to those guys, but a division rival and being down against a division rival that quite frankly, you should have, you know, been beating from the get. I'm not going to discredit what it took to be able to turn that and turn this team around. I mean, let's kind of talk about though, because the first, what first drive that they had going for it on fourth. I honestly, okay. I'm glad you brought that up because for me, I do not know it. It was, it didn't make a ton of sense for me. They didn't convert. And then again, the giants turned around and did that too. I can, I, I feel like this is one of those like arbitrary things where you can go either way. Like we have been begging, begging this team to play aggressive for years, right? Like how many times have we just like totally just been sitting by ourselves in despair when Jason Garrett was like, we're not going for it. Like, we're going to just, you know, kick a field goal, like over and over and over and over and over again. But at the same time, I appreciate risks that are, that, that are calculated. Um, I do feel like though, at when we talk mentally, it shows that your, your coaching staff has faith in you as a team that they think you can make it happen. And I think that there is a lot of merit to that, whether or not you agree with the call, I do feel like there is a lot of merit to believing that your team has the ability to convert. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where I would like to think that it was thought out, um, you know, because I'd, I'd like to see the aggression from them. I think it's fun. I think, you know, the team was like down for that and they get excited about it. Right. However, I think we can all agree that like the play calling leading up to that just didn't really um, leave a lot for them to do to convert that down. Like, why are we not running on third if you're going to go for it on fourth? Yeah. Try something different. <laughs> no, it, that's totally fair. And again, like, I feel like <laughs> it was, it, I, I literally, I think I tweeted this. I was like, what the hell? Like, I, like, I just didn't really know. Like I was trying to figure out like what the point was. I was like, I'm again, like, I'm not an expert in play calling by any means, but I know that that was an interesting one. And it just felt like, I don't know. Like it just, it felt like a Hail Mary. And I'm like, we are a little too early in the game to be like, doing this and while at its core i'm going to try to find a silver lining here and be like good job on believing in your players but like maybe we do it in a way that's a little more productive like that's my thought no, i 100 agree with you i think it was i think it was just interesting um because i feel like we all talk about this like they work best when they come out and they hit people in the mouth so i think that's what the intention was there 
It's yeah. just, um, you know, a little more foresight probably would have been helpful and I'm sure they would agree. Um, but hey, I still appreciate the aggression nonetheless. And yeah. uh, I'd, I'd like to see more of it in the future, just, you know, better thought out. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's also talk about, um, let's talk about the tight ends because this tight ends group was going off. And I actually want to address this a little bit more because there's been a lot of talk about like Dalton Schultz in recent weeks. And, you know, you've got Hendershot and Ferguson. And, and while this hasn't been like the flashiest of draft classes, they've really had some solid people that have come and been really active and productive participants on this roster. And I think this tight ends room is a perfect example. You know, I, I feel like there there's a position that a veteran could take where they could choose to not be helpful. They could choose to be intimidated by, you know, the people that could quote, potentially become their replacements or the younger guys in the room. And I know that Dalton Schultz has done none of that. And he has been an active participant in their growth, in mentorship with them. You know, it's it's fun to watch what they're able to do. I mean, playing the whack-a-mole after they scored the touchdown, hearing about uh, Hendershot and Ferguson, they, they are kind of like this duo. It reminds me a lot of when Zach Martin and um, – Travis Frederick were drafted and it was like, these are, they were just buddy, buddy. And, you know, you hear Zeke calling them like dumb and dumber or like Mary Kate Nashley, which I loved the Mary Kate Nashley reference. That was one of my favorites. I was like, if that's, that needs to stick, like we need to perpetuate that and joking about how like they're, you know, taking his game where they're jumping into the kettle. Like I, I, I love all of that. And I feel like there's this magic around you know, having a mentality of an, of abundance. And I, and I have to give a lot of credit to Schultz for, I think, giving that mentality from the top-down approach and making this a true like team effort because we really are seeing that they are better when they are all together versus just say, no, it's me. I'm the veteran. I'm, you know, trying to like get my money, get my, you know, playing time, all of that. Like it's really been a teamwork approach. And, and that's been really refreshing for me at least. Yeah, I know. I completely agree with you. It's really fun um, when they start having fun. And you can talk about that for a lot of the position groups, honestly, but it was something else to watch those tight ends today. I was like, I was joking around just like TEs giving, like they were having a ball. <laughs> they were going ham. They were helping each other out. Every win for one of them was a win for all of them. And it was really fun to watch them um, all get to celebrate like that. <clears throat> I believe the guys talked about um, how they had discussed like when it would be appropriate to yeah. uh, do a red kettle celebration. Um, I think it was literally the perfect timing. <laughs> I, I don't know what the fine is for that, but I like Dak was kind of mentioning, like, I feel like other people are chipping in to help pay that because like these yeah. rookies are like, these rookies are like, listen, like we know we make league minimum or whatever their contracts are. I can't remember off the top of my head, but like more than maybe let's say the layman in our world, but like not where they're just like throwing away thousands of dollars because, <laughs> you know, do a touchdown celebration. Like, So 
And I, yeah, I think he literally said like, grab a couple guys that can afford to help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like literally. <laughs> so it's like, all right, adult, let's go. But I, <laughs> I felt like that in itself to me was, it was just, it's, it's just another, we've talked about this culture and I know that maybe you won't agree with me hundred percent on this, but like, I really do feel like you have to give some credit to McCarthy for, you know, continuing to foster that and to, you know, I don't know, like I, I I'm going to give him credit. I'm going to give our veterans credit. I think it shows that they just, they, they do have a good thing going, but at the same time, like it really, they need to be consistent and, we'll talk about that more in a minute, but I, I just, if I'm going to give another star, it's to this tight ends room. And then honestly, I'm going to go ahead and give Ezekiel Elliott his shine again, because we are giving and showering Tony Pollard and rightfully so with a lot of love this season, he has really been outstanding. And I think there's been a lot of scrutiny or just at least, you know, some undertones of, oh, well, we maybe don't need Zeke anymore. Like, let's just let him walk. Well, don't give, don't pay the running, or whatever, like all that stuff, right? Like, let's be done with him and we can do it on our own with Pollard. But I really feel like we got some, we got some like vintage Zeke for a minute. And also I feel like he just, he just, put his head down and showed that he still brings a lot of value, which I thought was great. I mean, you know, 16 touches averaging over 5.8 yards a carry almost hitting a hundred yards. He got that touchdown, had that nice long run. Like he just really had all around a really solid, nice game. And I think that was good for fans to see, but also quite frankly, I would say good for him because I'm sure it's been tough, like battling some of those injuries. And, you know, while he maybe doesn't Google his name all the time on Twitter, I'm, I I know he knows some of the narratives. So I know that must have been a at least a little victory for him. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I'll, I'm going to backtrack for a second and then I'll, I'll hit Ezekiel next. But um, with Mike McCarthy, I have been very um, harsh on him. I feel like he deserved it last year. And I think I, I mentioned uh, – in recent weeks that I don't feel the same way that I felt about him in the last two years this year. Um, but I, I do still think he has the time management that he needs to really be conscious of. Um, I think we saw that a couple of times this game, but overall, like he fosters a, um, an environment where the guys can like really, you know, express themselves a lot more freely and um like they they have a bit more ownership in my opinion um mm -hmm. than you know they had under the jason garrett regime and i think that that's a huge deal for them um but to go into ezekiel elliott i you know i've long been a uh, zeke person here and i don't love the i don't love pitting them like tony and zeke against each other i know like you ultimately are going to have to in some way because there's there's a contract and then there's going to be a guy that might have to go somewhere else. Um, but, you know, yeah, I agree with you. Seeing him today, like, get get some of that shine back, um, I, I loved it. Uh, I think there's a lot to say, too, about – I feel like Tony was, like, targeted pretty hard, hard by, uh, by that Giants defense, and you could see he was getting really frustrated – um, but that's, that's why it's great to have two great running backs. 
Yeah. They, I mean, they help each other. He pounds the rock. Tony can rip off a couple like really long runs and you know, and that's, and that's awesome. But when one of them is getting stifled, you have the other one and they're both like sizable threats. And so, I think that's how this offensive coaching staff is, is approaching it. At least they did this game. I mean, looking at like the breakdown of their carries, it was pretty evenly matched. Like Tony had 18 carries and then Zeke was 16. So like exactly per your point, like this dual headed backfield, they're fully embracing it and, and scheming as such. And I think that's, it's been really fun to see it. It just, it's been fun and it's been productive. Yeah. I, I think there's still a lot to be desired from me, at least, um, on, you know, some of the play calling there's sometimes when they get it so right. Um, but in, in a lot of cases, you're just like, what were you thinking? Like swinging him out back, like he's not been able to penetrate a lot, that line a lot to just watch them call that over and over again. I was like, what are we doing? Why are you, why are you getting cute? Stop getting cute. Yeah. You're like, but, you know, the way they, <clears throat> the way he figured it out, at least or they did throughout the game um, was, was good to see. It was a, a plus. Yeah. A definite plus. We can definitely call it that. Um, you know, I think I will give my final star. Um, I'll, I'll give it to, I'm going to, this is going to surprise absolutely no one. I'm going to give it to Micah Parsons. Um, I mean, oh, of course. he's the undisputed defensive player of the year in my mind. And, you know, I would kill. I can't imagine them, you know, I, I I can't imagine them giving it to anyone else. I get it. Aaron Donald is incredible, but like to be, it's just, I, you can't people, I feel like people are watching Dallas Cowboys games who maybe wouldn't have watched them otherwise solely to watch Micah Parsons. He kind of has that like Kobe Bryant, you know, Michael Jordan effect where like, you just, you want to be able to watch this man play and like, and I, I just feel like he has this air around him that is just something, it's just different. It's unique. It's special. He, he lifts other people around him. I mean, this is holding a, a team to 300 yards and then two twenty 20 points. Like, I think it's the third, I don't know. It's, I mean, this is, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting the stat off the top of my head, but like, this is not the first time they've done that. And it just feels like to be able to count on your defense to keep the other team off of the field and help not only sway time of possession, which the Cowboys owned 34 minutes versus 25. I mean, that in itself is significant. I feel like they just, they, they were able to capitalize and help make this offense better. We've talked about it several times this season and, you know, defense wins championships, whatever you want to call it. I really feel like this unit that Dan Quinn is working with is one that lives up to that saying. And it's just so freaking fun. It's so fun watching Micah Parsons and his defensive team. Oh, I completely agree. And you can see how jazzed, like, the majority of the players get, like, around him. He brings, like, a really fun energy. He's, like, work hard, play hard, have fun doing it. Um, he doesn't settle. And, you know, to bring that to the squad is like immeasurably important. Um, and again, it's like one of those things where, you know, 
you have other guys on the defense that, you know, could feel threatened by Micah Parsons and they're not because he is working with them. He is playing for them. They are, they're a unit and they really act like that. So, you know, it's exciting to see that even they have like fun little competitions and you can tell these guys are like actual friends yeah, as well as teammates. Right. Yeah. It's um, Brian uh, Baldinger has some fun breakdowns. So I would encourage you to go follow those along. I mean, he's, it was, I will say it was fun watching Andrew Thomas um, against Micah Parsons. I felt like, you know, in just the way they utilized Micah, like he was, he pretty much played at that right defensive end slot. Gosh, I mean, it's just, it's so fun. It's so fun, you guys. <laughs> I he, love- he tweeted something out where they, he was like, I heard he was the best, so I hung out over there. <laughs> Is that what, is that really what happened? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, been- I don't have, like, I'm not able to pull up the actual quote, but it's on his Twitter. If you want to go find it from last evening, he, yeah, he basically just said like, that's why I was over there. Like I heard he was the best. So I want to play against the best. I'm not even joking. I hate to admit this. I always, when I was playing soccer, like I was always asked to start and this is like so stupid, but like my, my, my nerves got the best of me. And I would like literally like try to negotiate with my coach. And I was like, listen, I want, I'm going to be a starter, but like, how about you let someone else kick it off? And then I come in the next play. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, (laughs) 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 you don't want to be a starter. I'm like, no, I want to be a starter. I just don't want to play the first play of the game. And Micah's like, could not be more opposite where he's like, he's like, give me the confrontation. Like I'm running in to the battle, like, all hell blaze like it's just it's so he's like not only do i want the first but i want the last yeah we'll be there (laughs) i mean literally like it's it's just it's contagious how insatiable this man is uh quote me on that because it just it's it's so fun and you know again like notching his i think for it's it's 45 sacks uh it's i mean it's just it's unbelievable like what this also, guy. I would be remiss if we didn't mention um, how great of a game LVE played. Yeah. And some of it was quiet, um, but he finally, yeah, I feel like he doesn't always feel as though he can do the howl thing to celebrate because he's like, let me build up a couple of these like big plays under my belt and then I'll do it. But I was like, you could have held the whole game like you were on it. Yeah, he was he was all over them, and I loved every minute of it. Yeah, it's been fun. And for the record, it's he's got twenty five career sacks. Um, I think it's like forty five for the team for the year is what I was referencing. Anyways, yeah, very productive defense, which has been really fun to just watch. Yeah, we'll just skip over the Anthony Brown thing. <laughs> yeah. And and honestly, like I felt I, bad for him. I felt bad for him. Like, even like Trayvon Diggs, like it was like I was starting to watch some of like the the these amazing like one-handed catches. And I was like, oh God, like no, like I can't the flashbacks. But I'm sure I would be singing a different tune. And I'm gonna go ahead and call myself out really quickly on um, before I make this next comment. If this team had lost, I'd probably be, you know, maybe honing in on this a little bit more. So at least I have some awareness. And I think the entire fan base would probably be the exact same. I think at the same time, 
you know, we talk about this with Trayvon Diggs where he plays really aggressively. And, you know, when you're, when you're in that man coverage, it's just, you're, you're going to lose some and you might lose some that are pretty big. And so, you know, we have to acknowledge that that's just kind of the style of play that we have learned to love him for, but some days we're going to hate it. And, you know, so I, I, I feel for him in that moment, but I feel like overall, like I was, you know, thumbs up from like a defensive standpoint, I just felt like that was a big part of a big part of the game as always. I would also say like a couple other things that are a tad concerning for me would contain to be our O-line. Um, you know, some of these guys, yeah, they did not have a great day. They had a rough, rough day at some time, at some points. And I was just, again, like, I don't think I know that this team changes you over year and that's just part of the gig, but I'm still not quite used to the fact that like, our offensive line is not like our strong suit anymore. And like, that makes me sad. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. Tyler had a, just a rough game. Um, I think he might've had the roughest game. And I guess the silver lining for that is, you know, potentially having Tyron come back right. pretty, pretty soon. Right. He hasn't like, he hasn't done a full practice or anything like that. So it's not like imminent necessarily, but um, you know, it's on the horizon. So there is that. But yeah, just the, the woes there were pretty prominent. Also, the penalties just across the board was, they were all very dumb too. Yeah. So the Cowboys like, had 13 penalties for 86 yards, which, you know, again, like we're, it's, I feel like a broken record. And I'm like, the self-inflicted wounds, like they just, it sucks. It almost felt like that was going to be the story of the game was just continually shooting yourself in the foot. Right. Um, and it, that's another thing that I felt like a lot of people, you know, were having flashbacks to, you know, last year, um, kind of in general, but also specifically the Thanksgiving game, you know. Um, and that's, it just, that's never a good feeling. You know, when you're one of the, I think they were the most penalized team in the league yes. last year. They were. Um, and, you know, I felt I feel like they've done a good job of, you know, taking that down a bit. Um, a pretty, a pretty, pretty good job. But this one was like, this game. I was just like, ugh, yellow is so triggering to me after last year. And the amount of times I'm seeing the flags on us for like really dumb things was was a little disheartening. Um, and that's why, like, towards the half, I was like, are we? really gonna t- like are we really gonna lose like this yeah and you know not together but you know still the penalties were just killer yeah no they are and I think the other like if I was choosing to be a little nitpicky like I feel like I would have to say like there were points in time with like CD Lamb where I just feel like again like we've had these conversations like the CD is a g- really good player but like it feels like he he teeters between having these like really amazing moments. And then there's a couple moments where you're like, what the, like, how did you drop that? My guy, like, or you got to make that catch or like, what were you doing here? Like, and you can't expect perfection, but I just feel like I can't help but think that the expectations are a little bit higher than maybe the consistency of performance that he has brought to the table. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, 
I will, you know, I don't even know if this is necessarily a hot take in Cowboys Nation, but I was like, my man's caught that. And he got, he had his feet in bounds. Like yeah. the entire stadium was like going absolutely ham about that. Everyone really? was booing them. Everyone was like, I'm getting down on the field. I'm talking to this man. Like, it was just absurd, especially to see it on that giant screen. You're like, seriously? <laughs> and he had to give that like extra explanation when he was explaining why it wasn't a touchdown. We were all just like, not listening to you. I hate you. You're like, but yeah, no, there was, he does have, you know, consistency issues. And it's when you have, that's your designated wide receiver one. And, you know, you put those expectations of, of him out there. Um, it is, it's a little hard to watch you know, just the, I, I would say like gaps more than like anything else. You want to know what would really help that? What? OBJ. Say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going <laughs> to say it. Like, I don't know. Do you, do I mean, they're all saying it right now. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. here. I really am. Like, it's been so much fun to watch this team, like, just recruit. Like, I feel like we're like in college right now where I know I'm like who did is Nick Saban in the room like is he about to go sit down with his parents and like sit down with OBJ's like wife and, and kid and be like we're gonna provide a wonderful life for you here we're gonna take care of your of your of your husband and of your daddy and you know he's gonna have so much fun I mean if he if if I feel like that's what's happening and like if they're not like I'm happy to do it like this also kind of reminds me of when like Lyle Collins, like they, you know, had like the dinner over at Jerry's house. Like, I'm like, are we hosting a dinner? Like, I feel like we're going to have some amazing stories. Like there's things that are happening behind the scenes. And I'm not saying this based off of me knowing anything whatsoever, only just knowing that I know the Jones family. And I feel like, oh my God, like what if they had like a, a, a third Thanksgiving dinner and it's OBJ over at their house on Saturday and like OBJ and CD and Micah and Dak and like, and they probably even bring in like Dez is going to be there. Like Michael Irvin. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're going to like bring in like they Troy's going to come by for dessert and drinks afterwards. Like this is going to be like a full court press. I would freak out. It needs to happen. Yeah. Um, like allegedly he's coming on what the fifth. So the Monday after the Colts game, um, but like it, that's just a beautiful picture to paint. Um, and I, you know, they've been very open about the conversations they're having with him and Jerry included. I think, I think it was funny. Everyone freaked out when he said, you know, I visited with him today or whatever. And I was like, he's old. You guys like visit means they talked. <laughs> right but um but yeah I mean it's I think they're gonna go all out when he gets here you're de he's definitely gonna like see the Cowboys greats um at least if he's I don't know whether he's allowed I don't know what the deal is like what you're allowed to do and what you aren't allowed to do I'm sure it all will all be within uh guidelines I, it just almost feels like it's happening like it's not will it happen it's so it's happening and I'm so excited I know. Like, imagine. I will say though, Dable is pretty fun. So, like, I could see. Like, I feel like on paper you want to lean towards the Cowboys, and it makes sense to lean towards the Cowboys. But looking at like Brian Dable, I'm like, God, like I don't. I wouldn't. He seems like a fun coach to go play for. 
despite the fact that like, I wouldn't personally want to play for him in the state of the team. So like, I just, I need everyone in the right. world to just manifest OBJ coming because it really would be just this shot of energy that this team really needs. And I feel like adding that to the lineup, like we have a, such a good thing going, like the tight ends are doing their thing. You've got like the, the running backs, like Dak Prescott's back in the mix. Like, you know, you, you feel good about what our receivers are doing, but like, you could feel great. You could feel great. And it could be really yeah. Bad. And I'll, I mean, I'll say something about Dable. Like, yeah, he is bringing like a new energy to that, you know, that squad. Um, but I think if you look at last night, like, so it's either us or the Eagles. And if you're wanting to play for a contender, you're going to pick the Cowboys. And the way that they're talking about it, not just being a 2022 thing, just like considering like, you know, talking about 2023 being part on the table. I think that's a huge deal to him. And the fact that he doesn't like the cold also is like one of those things where I'm like, remember how cold it gets in New York? You can come to Texas. doesn't really get cold here. Only once in a blue moon. Just saying, like, this is a thing. Just saying. I yeah. know Dable's fun. But, but we're, we're you know, funner. Mike seems to be having a good time, too. Yeah, it's true. We smash watermelons. And we... <laughs> We don't get a lot of, we don't get snow and, you know, rarely. Yeah. We don't, we we're just cooler. Like, come on. You can I'll like, you know what, OBJ, I will get you a pair of cowboy boots. Hear me out. (laughs) That would be epic. Honestly. I'm going to, I'm about to revert to bribery. I mean, is that illegal? (laughs) I mean, technically, I mean, you are affiliated with the with the team, but I don't feel like there's a conflict of interest here. Okay, well. Like, wouldn't it be great to have OBJ wearing boots? I think it would. Yeah, I'm just like, insert disclaimer. This is part of my marketing. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> this fun. is not related to whether you sign or not. It's like when we, it's like when we believed, like, with Twitter, it was like, retweets are not endorsements. Like, <laughs> insert all the disclaimer language it almost kind of reminds me it almost reminds me of like just the like the hype and stuff around the situation and the way they're like openly talking about that it like reminds me of like the deandre jordan debacle with the mavericks it didn't oh, go yeah. away at that time and i don't think anyone's oh. walking walking obj in a room and sending out emojis or anything like that but it just kind of feels like that in a way i kind of hope they i wish they would though like that'd be kind of fun bring it back walk him in a room <laughs> yeah I, if they don't like send out an emoji just to like tell us like it's, we got this like I'll be a little disappointed I won't lie yeah I agree let me talk to the social media department figure it out have some thoughts <laughs> all right guys well um thank you all so so much for hanging out with this uh I am happy for this Cowboys team obviously because they got a victory but then I also would say um for the coaching staff and the you know support staff who excuse me, work day in, day out tirelessly, not to have to turn around and play another Thursday game. You know, again, like I I know we're not dating anymore, but as someone who's spent a significant chunk of time with an equipment manager, man, like those guys would have to go in after the game on Thursday and work overnight to be able to get the team ready for the next week. And I'm just happy for all those people that just completely work their butts off um, for this team and this franchise to be able to have some downtime. So 
Um, hopefully you guys got to enjoy some downtime too with the ones you love. Um, and uh, we're grateful that you guys are supporting our show and supporting the Blog and the Boys Network. You should come hang out with us on social media though. I feel like, I mean, I don't know, like we're a good follow. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. I talk in all caps a lot. I'm also on Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles. And Megan is... I'm at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter. We should have some fun stories for you to uh, watch this weekend as we go watch beat uh, the Texas A&M Maggies. So please join us and uh, root for the Tigers with me. Yeah, we are going to the football games this weekend um, in College Station. So prepare for some mayhem in that regard. But um, while you may have enjoyed um, what you thought was a turkey this week at Thanksgiving with your family. We all know here on the World Talking Boys that birds are simply not real. And because of that, we leave you with this important sentiment. Dallas forever, Philly for never. Bye, guys. Yeah, bye.